Welcome in, ladies and gents, to another episode of the Field of 68 Best Bets show presented by our fine sponsor at Bet Rivers, Maddie Naples, the uh, the third alter ego uh, to, to join the show this season, has officially been unleashed. Going to be hosting today, uh, as I will in the next couple of weeks, as I reside in my temporary abode here in Florida. Kai, Jim, how are you guys? How was the weekend? What did you learn? That was great. Uh, great job getting to Florida safely. You were at my place yesterday for the Super Bowl, which was which was fun. It's a fun yeah. game. So it's over. A lot of clever, outcome. clever nightmare tweets outcome. from the college basketball brass about how now we are the the main show in town, Jim. Yeah, I'm excited about that. College basketball comes in the forefront spotlight. I did watch a little bit of Colorado State Boise State yesterday. I'm glad Colorado State got the win. I need Much David be- Roddy in my tournament. Much, Much of the chagrin of people of yes. uh, non-college basketball fans. But yes, that was on for a little bit too long in your home. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Hey, yeah, Jim. Kyle, you know who I don't really want in my tournament after this weekend is who? Oregon. They <sighs> got boat raced at home by California, and we will pivot to them in a second here in the first matchup. But they gave them a 24-0 run early in the first half and, and trailed by double digits the entire time at home to a team missing its best player. Yeah. That's disgusting. I, I, I'm sorry. I know they'd won a bunch of games before that, but I, that's uh, inexcusable to me. So get mm-hmm. them out of my field. We'll talk about it more on the Fielding 68 Bracketology show later today, of which I am hosting. But like, man, I'm down on the Ducks right now, Matthias. Yeah, it's. I think I was too excited to buy back into them when they did the Arizona sweep. And I'm like, oh yeah, Oregon's awesome again, but maybe we overreacted to 80 minutes of basketball and there's some certainly fluky shooting played a part in that. Um, but the Pac-12 is weird, man. All right. Ken Palm's hashtag Pac-12 after dark certainly still holds true. My takeaway was that road teams were dominant over the weekend. Um, 86 and 63 by my math on Saturday against the spread were road teams. It's good math. So just something to keep in mind. Um, I think I bet more road teams than home teams that worked out favorably. But again, chasing macro trends has been the bane of our existence this season. So I would not recommend all of a sudden betting every road team under the sun going forward, but just know that that uh, certainly held up over the weekend. All right. Outline time. We're going out to the West coast pack 12 action, Oregon, the ducks quack, quack, quack. They are hosting Washington state. Both teams coming off losses here, Jim, you mentioned the Oregon debacle against Cal, but Washington state uh, after putting Arizona state in the torture chamber earlier this season, um, they got the favor returned to them at home. What are you looking at here? Yeah, both teams lost as double-digit favorites at home. Like That's got to be pretty rare to catch two teams coming off a loss as a double-digit favorite. Uh, usually we think of Dana Altman's teams as tough to prepare for on short rest, short turnaround, especially in the NCAA tournament, but maybe that's negated a little bit by Pac-12 familiarity. So that is something. I mean, obviously this, this number's been bet up, three and a half up to five most places. I was surprised by that. Uh, I thought that three and a half was – where I expected it to be. Uh, Oregon's got a little more to play for though, Kai. They're still actually yeah. in the at-large mix, whereas Washington State's pretty much win the Pac-12 tournament or bust at this point. I'm leaning towards Oregon as long as they can compete on the, the defensive glass. Got to keep Washington State off the offensive glass. That's the big key, but five is a tough number to, to totally recommend. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth repeating how weird that Oregon loss was. Like, no Andre Kelly for California, and they lose at home by – a billion, just really weird. Had, had no chance. Still in the hunt for the tournament, like you said. They, they kind of need this win to, to feel, I guess, better about their resume. And, and Wazoo, yeah, swept by Arizona. Now, what's interesting, Matt, is oddsmakers did not believe Ken Palm's rankings here. Wazoo's 20 spots higher in Ken Palm than Oregon, yeah. which I think most people probably disagree with. I know I do. 
And yet the opener was three and a half. Odds makers saying, no, no, thank you. Oregon is better than Wazoo. I agree. I liked it better at three and a half. I like Oregon in this game. They are the better team, in my opinion. I think they bounce back here at home. Um, five might be a little bit too rich to lay right now. Yeah, you're right. The odds makers, I think, made the sharp shade of Ken Palm's number, but then the early money took it even higher, uh, three and a half, sitting in five most places now. Um, I probably missed the, the good price there at three and a half, four, but I'm not going to endorse it at five. Total's been bet up a little bit, 133 to 135. Um, I don't really have a strong take there. I don't know if you guys have a take on the total, but I, um, I could see, just, I, Matt, I just had like gut instinct thought under because both teams will change defenses. Neither's had a lot of time to prepare, yeah. to prepare. So maybe, but Oregon missed every three it took on Saturday. So they could get hot this time. Little regret, yeah. Little regret. The variance monster could come back in their favor. All right, let's move on here. Uh, St. Louis at St. Bonaventure. Got an A-10 showdown here. Second on the outline, Kai. Watch this first matchup pretty closely. Uh, over the weekend, these two teams just played. So now they both will travel, uh, I guess, collectively back to or up to Olean in upstate New York there. Bonnie's very impressive road win. Um, it's been a whack-a-mole team all season, right? I think there's been a couple, a few spots where we've seen them play close to the team we thought preseason. But then in between, there's been, you know, litters of what the hell was that effort? So yeah. given how they played at Slew, can they repeat that here at home? Or do you think they look more like the what are you doing Bonnie's that we've seen uh, far too often the last couple Yeah, I, I tend to think Slew bounces back here and, and wins this game outright. My number likes Bonnie at minus one and a half. I don't see these teams as I, – I think they're pretty equal. I think St. Bonaventure should be favored by three. But Gut says Slew has an at-large hope still to play for. They still have the best offensive rebound rate in the league, which they did not use their advantage in game one. And game one was strange. Both teams shot like crap. The difference was turnovers, 18 for Slew in the first game, seven for the Bonnies. I don't think Slew is that bad with the ball. I think they can buckle down on those turnovers, and I kind of like them today uh, up in upstate New York, Jim. Yeah, Slew got up 25 to 14, and it was like, all right, yeah, feeling themselves. Leave. They're, they're going to run away run away in this one. And then 20 to 3 run by Bonnies. Like, it, it was like, oh, okay, here's the veteran team in it, playing up in a big spot that we've kind of expected to see all year. I saw the chat mentioning maybe – They've turned the corner. I'm not quite there Maybe. yet. Um, I, I don't know. Shun was in foul trouble, so we'll see if that uh, affects this matchup. It certainly played well without him. Cool Bali actually gave quality minutes. Uh, what I like, and I know Jess Whalen in the chat agrees, is the under. That is my best bet today, under yeah. 136 and a half at Bet Rivers. The, uh, the last 10 meetings, every meeting since tra- Travis Ford has gotten to slew, have, have gone under, yeah. under, under, under. Uh, 10 and 0. So hopefully we make it 11 today. Uh, last game had 115 points before the final minute of major fouling and another 14 added to the total there. So I'm thinking we see a slower game. The familiarity of just having played also makes me like the under more. That's, that's my favorite bet here, Kai. I love it, Jim. Yes, I agree. Um, feels like defenses are going to rule the day in this one. Kai, you mentioned, and Jim, you too. It's just a pretty seismic convergence of spot favoring slew price favoring St. Bonaventure. Although you look at just the fact that the game closed plus five um, over the weekend. Now it's minus two. I mean, I think it's a make sense seven point swing. However, I think we all, or at least Kai and I both thought that that opening number, that first match was a little bit short. So thus probably why we're leaning Bonnie on just a price perspective. But again, well, you, the spot's yeah, you, too much. I, no, I thought it was high. I, I liked Bonnie's yeah, number sure. last game. Oh, yeah, I, sorry. It was too high the yeah. first game. Yeah. Now coming back, it feels too short in yeah. favor of Bonnie's. But you're right. The yeah. spot's too uh, too juicy for Slew. So 
No action there for us. All right, back yeah, to just, Big 12. Okay, I just Jim. want to say I'm surprised the last game closed 137 and a half and they opened this one 139. That was surprising to me. That didn't especially make sense that to me. was a clear under, yeah. historical unders, but uh, I'm going with the market. I like the under there. Yeah. Did it open way higher than maybe or something? I don't know. That is odd, Jim. Very, um, these are good like handicapping angles to look at, folks. Like when you have these you know, back-to-back rematches, you can see if there's any inconsistencies in the odd, odds makers pricing. Um, all right, bigger, more marquee showdown here. We're going to Kansas hosting Oklahoma State. Um, the Jayhawks, I mean, been good. Got a big win over Oklahoma, but the Sooners had them on the ropes late. Uh, they came back in that game, continued to punch. Almost had a, I think had a shot to tie it second or last possession. Um, that's coming off a loss, Jim, at Texas. Kansas has kind of found their level, in my opinion. In Oklahoma State, we seem to have like forgotten about. It's like the Big 12 team that know that we just, in general, and on this program, we've not given enough attention to. Well, they're ineligible for the postseason. I feel like and, yeah, and, and that's them. sort of, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> I feel like we should be giving them their proper light, even though the circumstances are not great. Um, double digit spread, early money came in on the pokes. What do you see here? I think that's probably the right side for the money to come in on. I think the number's about right right now. Uh, I, I always you know, I remember that year in 2017-18 when Boynton swept Kansas. And it was like, holy cow, Bill oh, yeah. Self never gets swept in the Big 12. Since then, Kansas is 7-1 and one straight up, 6-2 and two against the spread. Like They, they have definitely uh, taken it to the Cowboys since then. I think they win, but it does feel a little bit high. Oklahoma State, again, like no postseason. So you either have the quit factor of this game doesn't matter for us. What's the point? Or... We're going to Fog Allen. This is close to our Super Bowl. Big, big game for us. Let's let's play spoiler. So leaning towards the Cowboys, but I, I think the market has bet it down and appropriately bet it down. So I'm leaving it alone here. Yeah, I, I can't really figure out Oklahoma State or their motivations. You know, super impressive smackdown of West Virginia last game, won by 23 points. But that was after a loss to a Mike Miles-less TCU team. And they've beaten Baylor on the road this season, so they clearly have the juice to to play up. Uh, Kansas, Matt, won in Stillwater in game one. They led the majority of that game. And Oklahoma State scored under .9 points per possession. That's been their issue all season. Their offense is bad, and it can't really exploit KU's relatively weaker defense. Their strength's been on defense. It rocks. It's one of the best in the Big 12, but KU's offense is fantastic. It's a well-oiled machine, one that I think runs – well today at fog Allen 10 and a half, maybe a little bit too high, but uh, it's a stay away from me. Yeah. It's just too high. I don't have the, the ATS splits here. I should have dug those up before citing this anecdotally, but I just, as a large favorite, I don't trust Kansas right now, especially with, with Remy Martin, not in that backcourt picture. Uh, we saw David McCormick only clock 18 minutes in that game. Zach Clements came back from his injury, provided a big spark off the bench. I know his box or box score stats were relatively pedestrian, but he was like a big energy jolt in that, that win over Oklahoma. Um, in general, I don't really trust KU's rotation consistency so far. Um, I, I think self is still in tinker mode as he always is, but um, I, I would like to see McCormick clocking 25 to 30 consistently. And we just haven't seen that. So, um, and that's a pretty key part for an offense that sometimes struggles to get points, especially without Martin Lyon. He did crush Oklahoma State game one, uh, 23 and 15 in 17 minutes. Yeah. Which, excuse me, 17 and 15, 23 minutes. And, and to yeah. your other point, Matt, Kansas is four and four this year, laying 10 or more, but only one and three in conference games. In conference, yeah. And no one in the Big 12 will, will fold. Right. So, yeah. all right. Yeah, nothing there. Like I said, it's been bet down to 10 and a half. I think that's about, uh, you know, where it should be. And totals sitting right at 143. Um, ah, God, under feels pretty good there, if I'm being honest. We'll see. We'll see who controls the tempo. 
All right, another Big 12 showdown here, and then we will pivot to chat mob round one. Headed just west over to Manhattan, Kansas, Kai, the octagon of doom. Purple Kittens have been a pet favorite of mine all season, but uh, I've also been stubbornly attached at the hip with West Virginia. So a conflict of interest for me internally here. My gut, though, tells me that Kansas State laying three and a half, now four at some shops. I guess West Virginia, who now has Taz Sherman back, feels a little bit rich. Yeah, but West Virginia has been terrible lately, like like terrible. one in nine in the last 10. And K-State's getting close to that bubble, man. By my rough count, they have like five Q1 wins. Uh, definitely trending up. This first game, K-State lost at West Virginia. They had no Mike McGurl that game. They led by 17 after the first nine minutes. West Virginia came back. Matt, the Oscar of doom, surprisingly, K-State's only four, seven, and two against the spread. I, I thought they were playing much better at home this year. Apparently not the case against the number. West Virginia, I know, is not playing well on the road. Two and five against the spread. Their defense is dead last in the Big 12 play right now. I think K-State can exploit them. I think four is a fair price. West Virginia is a team I've kind of given up on, Jim. Yeah, I, I have too. I, I just I think Bill, Bob Huggins is mega frustrated with them. Yeah, he is. I think it, yes. you, you could have like, you know, a preseason taken a look at this roster and thought, this is concerning. They've got a CUSA point guard and a Mac center and, and – Taz Sherman and Sean McNeil need to make shots. Otherwise they're in a whole lot of trouble. So yeah, I'm leaving this one alone. Uh, I think the spread is about right. The one thing I, Kai, you mentioned the Q1 record. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Kansas state has played 14 Q1 games this year. They've only played seven Q3 plus Q4. Like it, it is yeah. all of their games have been hard. It's they might make the tournament. They might make it. I hope they do possible. God, I hope that happens. Um, yeah. Cause as you mentioned, their big 12 conference records are not a part of the team sheet folks. Don't cite that when you're making a case for, or against a team being in the field. I'm probably too fixated guys on the Iowa state one. That was fairly impressive uh, when they got Sherman back, but then they followed it up with a stinker at Oklahoma state. <laughs> you're fixating um, on the one good game. They played like the one good game in like the <laughs> ultimate spot with your best player back. And I thought that was like, okay, Western just finally figured it out after losing close game at Baylor, close game at Texas tech. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That was maybe a setback. And I think Jim's right. The, the frustration that which Huggins talks about his team um, on repeat this season is certainly can, you know, I think reflective of where this team is and how it just hasn't really fit together. Like we thought he would um, no other further takes here. Let's go to chat mob. All right. We're starting with the afternoon degenerate special. Kai, I'm going to you from John Mitchell, William and Mary headed to UNC Wilmington. We got day ball today, fellas on a Monday. Yeah. What are you thinking? I'm leaning towards William Mary. Uh, we, we've cited the stat. They, they, they didn't cover last game against JMU, um, who did end up getting one of their players back. But William Mary is 9-4 and four now against the spread in conference play. Um, impressive. I, I, I think they can hang around here. I know Wilmington's a wagon, but 12 and a half is a lot of points. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Tribe up early in this game and Wilmington doing their classic win in the second half type of show. So like exactly what happened against Towson. Exactly. Right? They were up yeah. most of the way and then ended up losing by 15 and the cover got dicey. Yeah. Uh, they also got Quinn Blair back last game, kids, 10 points, 20 minutes off the bench. I mean, he's all conference caliber. I know he's no, no. a bad team, but he's, he's been like a two-year starter for them. He, he they're all, conference. they're all, all guys caliber Get for, for a young team. He matters. You will not commit to me. Otherwise I think he matters. They, uh, they have 15 equal players. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one of those guys. There is like the antithesis of star power on that team. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Kai, I'm going to stick it with you here because I think you have more of a lean in this one. From Ed Redmond, IUPUI and their six players are traveling <laughs> to Chicago, taking on UIC. Yeah. UIC's taking a bunch of money, probably rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to keep fading IUPUI while they're in this, this stretch here. 
I, I don't think they've won a game against D1 competition. Maybe no, I'm wrong. They're over this year. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, closest, minus the closest eight. they got was against this UIC team. Yeah. They I do remember that. Spalding, though, baby. They took UIC Spalding was missing like three guys that game. Um, yep. Yeah. IPUI can't keep competing. They're one and one against the spread since having like six guys, but I, I, I think you, uh, UIC gets it done. Yeah. They're one and one because they ended the last game with a 7 0 run against Purdue Fort Wayne to sneak inside the back door. Ooh. I think UIC, too, like the fact that they almost gave IUPUI their first D1 win yeah. is going to keep them awake and competing yeah. in this one. So I think they win big. Ed's uh, asking about over guys. It's up to 127. Uh, no, it's would... up to 18, by the way, from 16 and a half. You, so. you cannot hold me down and force me to bet an IUPUI <laughs> over. You can't do it. Can't do it. It's, they scored over 60 points once in a D1 game. I think that was UIC. Yes, it was. And I think the last game uh, uh, over the weekend snuck over by like a basket in the final 10 uh, seconds. But again, I have no interest in backing over. So you're, you're going to be so frustrated watching IUPUI score 45. Yeah. Uh, all right, Matt, Georgetown and Creighton. Is this one on the outline? It is on the outline. We will hit that in a second. Sorry, Ed. Uh, another game that's been asked about a ton, Matt. Drexel at Charleston. Uh, more more than one person uh, speculating they like Drexel here, not afraid of the home court advantage for Charlie. What do you think? I agree. Yeah, my gut, uh, I looked at the, the spreads when they first came out. And I was like, this one really jumped out to me. I was like, this should be closer to a pick them. Uh, but then I looked at my numbers and I was like, okay, I have it around close to a field goal. So maybe it's not as mispriced as I thought. But yeah, I think the Dragons are a good bet here. They've got a huge boost from, uh, is it Amani Williams, Amari Williams up front? Like, yeah, Amari like adding Williams. like a little bit of the inside out balance to a pretty you know prolific backcourt there. I think that matters, especially against Charleston, who, you know, John Meeks is more of like a wingy hybrid big, but they need a little bit of, uh, of oomph on the glass. I would lean dragons. I'm with, I'm with the, uh, the mobsters. Same. Uh, Pat T asked about EIU at Austin P. Kai, do you want to save it? Do you want to give your best bet now? Uh, screw it, Jim. I'll do it. I'll give okay. it best bet. All right. uh, my best bet in this game, guys, is the under. Um, and it's really, really small. It's now, unfortunately, 121 and a half at Bet Rivers. Um, so I'll take it under 121 and a half, 11 straight unders for Austin P this season. I think they're up to like three and 16 to the under, something like that. Super low total, of course, but there's no reason either team runs a lot in this game. Should play pretty low possession. No reason to believe scoring efficiency is high. Um, so hold your nose here under 121 and a half, best bet. Yeah, also kind of lean towards Eastern Illinois, but they've taken some money. Yeah, me too. Yep. Um, Eastern Illinois scored more than 70 points for the first time against a Division One team last game. And they had 82 hey. against uh, UC Martin. So Let's hope that doesn't happen again. They're regressing right back. <laughs> That's hey, they've, won, they've uh, won three of their last six. My mom got mad at me for betting bad teams and bad bets. She's like, Matt, quit taking oh, yeah? Eastern Illinois. It's like, Mom, they're playing well. <laughs> Look at the results. They're feisty. Yeah, the Tennessee Tech non-cover really broke my heart. One basket. <laughs> One freaking basket. Uh, all right, Matt. Multiple people also have asked about Southern Utah headed to Northern Colorado. The big sky had a weird week last week. Weber state yes. really struggled. Yeah. Montana state now commanding lead atop the, atop the conference. Southern Utah trying to keep pace. I kind of like the home team. Do you agree? Yeah, I do too. Um, just, or they're just at Sacramento. Now they're back home in general, the teams at altitude in the big sky, I like backing when there's a favorable spot in this one, I think qualifies. I, what about UNC's depth catching up to them? They, they haven't been as dominant as I thought they would be this season, and they don't really have a deep bench. It's basically like a six-man rotation. But I think they get it done tonight. Yep, I'm with you. Uh, Kai, uh, multiple people asked about this one. Jordan B., the Tooch, North Carolina Central at Coppin State. Extra board. I've been, I've been liking Coppin State overs, but that did not work out this weekend, I don't think. Uh, they're playing so fast in conference play. But yeah, I kind of think it trends back to this one. I don't know. 
I actually like the under in this game. Um, okay. I don't know if Zarzuela is in or out. I think he oh, got in last game. Without him, I think it's a pretty strong under bet. Um, but sidewise, nothing really. Yeah, he's he's mega important. That's a that's a very good call. Uh, Matt in the A10 for Matt Winnick. Duquesne headed to Davidson. Gotta say, looking at this one, I think Duquesne has quit on the season. They're young, and Davidson's coming off a frustrating loss to Rhode Island. This feels like Davidson boat races him. What do you think? Yeah, this is the uh, next game of the rundown, guys. Wow, oh, Duquesne makes our rundown. Oh, sorry, no, Dayton. My bad. Go ahead. Continue. No, Dayton. Ignore me. Yeah, yeah. Ignore me. I was, um, I was so. I was like, wait, is it? I don't ignore see. me. Yeah. Shots. It's my shots mistake. To, it's it's a my nation. It's no, it's not. You're fine. It's my mistake. Back. Uh, Jim, I certainly lean Davidson way, especially if Quisenberry is out for um, the Dukes. Basically, we he talked does about not how, play for Duke. Oh, sorry, Quisenberry that's, plays that's for Fordham. Them. That's Fordham. Um, but I think that kind of shows speaks volumes about the pathetic the, the where Duquesne stands given Duquesne how poor they played against Fordham without Quisenberry. That's what I'm trying to say, Jim. I like Davidson's ball. They're not good as a large favorite, though. That's my concern. You know, yeah, I haven't have not been this year. That's the reason they've fallen in Kenpon, like 20 spots, because they haven't been covering plays the close games, right? But I think they can cover this one against Duquesne. Duquesne also hasn't scored recently. They've really, I think, I don't think they've top 62 in their last seven or so games. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, one more before we get back to the outline. Kai and extra from Matt Akers, the juggernaut that is Vermont, heading on the road to Hartford. Hunter Marks out for the year for Hartford. That's Vermont. We don't know about Ryan Davis. He's still dealing with his back spasms. Yep. Does that matter? Didn't Matt? You loved Hartford in the first game. I think they covered for you. It was they a big did. spread. This one's big too, but I'm not fading Vermont ever again in Marquis play. <laughs> Guys, take Hartford. I'm, I'm telling you, it's 11 and a half. It's a big number. It's they're at home. <sighs> it's Vermont. I don't care. I mean, I don't care if Hunter Marks is not in there. You might get a gimpy Ryan Davis on the other side, and he's pretty Hunter Marks is important. I think he's, he's very one important, of the best especially defenders, against right? especially yeah. against uh, Davis. But um, a hobble Davis, yeah, take Hartford, guys. Don't be scared of Vermont. They're awesome, but don't be scared. You should be scared. No, of Vermont. Be, be, scared. be scared of Vermont. You should be scared of Vermont. <laughs> They're shooting 46% from three through 12 games in league play. Like they, they, should don't, be scared they don't miss. They don't miss threes. Yeah. All right, Matt, back to the outline. Let's get to the A-10 game that Kai gave us the full start. That's on. right. Teased us. Um, very excited to talk yeah, Rody okay. versus Dayton. A, uh, a rematch of a game that happened, I believe, a week and a half ago. I, I watched the entirety of this first matchup. It was ugly. Um, in the A-10, in terms of just size and physicality, these are probably the two gold standards. Um, Rhode Island with a very impressive win over Davidson. I'd argue it was a juicy spot, Jim. Um, I think they do match up well with Dayton. As I mentioned, they have the, the prerequisite size and physicality to, to thwart that three big pseudo lineup that the Flyers will throw out there. Do you think they get him at home in the revenge angle? Man, uh, I kind of think Dayton wins, but that's, that's mostly like I've just been so down on Rhode Island lately. They did have that win against uh, Davidson, I think, was impressive. Their athleticism played up their defensive ability. I just don't like trusting Rhode Island. Yeah, poorly right. coached. They're very bad at offense. Uh, Kyle, I, I know, I think you and I were both on the over in the first meeting, and yeah. it just, the, the total, the scoring just died after like a decent start. Barely yeah. got to 100 total points. So I am staying away from side and total in this one. I don't know if you have anything stronger. It's been bad I, up four points, the over, Jim. So I kind of lean the over games. again. Rhode Island totals are frustrating. Yeah, so game one is a rock fight. 104 points total, 0.78 and 0.82 points per possession. It eight was to 31. It was a terrible game. Eight to 31 from three. Uh, Dayton's defense, I didn't realize. Tops in the A10 right now in A10 play. Number one, two point field goal percentage defense. That's pretty important against Rhode Island, who cannot shoot threes, must get to the rim, must play inside the arc. Dayton forced 16 turnovers in the first game. 
and it probably happens again. And the reason why overs are so frustrating in Rhode Island games, they're 57% from the free throw line so in conference bad. play. So they don't make free throws. So, yeah, it affects the total, of course. Eileen Dayton here, Matt, I think they're significantly better, and I don't trust Rhode Island. I just want to so, say, I, I said the scoring died in the first game. With 11 minutes left, it was 45 to 40. With three minutes left, it was 47 to 42. There were four yeah. points scored in eight minutes, four total points. That's frustrating. That's insane. <laughs> uh, two things on this game here. Curious if you guys buy into this at all. Apparently, according to the broadcast last game, um, Rhode Island, David Cox has started a free throw breakfast club. So they're trying to get some extra right? shots in early in the morning. Jim rolls his eyes. That's the 23 games of the year. Not buying it. Not buying it. Um, so if Rhode Island starts making 90% of their free throws, just know there's probably something to do with some cute little breakfast club. Secondly, Hey, they were 83% against Davidson. They're making free throws. And it was like a whole joke. Yeah, exactly. So wow. here's the thing with Rhode Island. Now I, we look at a team that we, we don't, we can't trust. We don't think they're well coached. We think they miss free throws, but in general, that's usually priced into the number in the line. So I would say, don't let that over influence you in staying away from Rhode Island. Like, I know we don't like to bet teams we don't trust, but I think Rhode Island should be closer to it. I don't know if that is priced in the line. I disagree with that. Yeah, I don't know if coach trust factor is in the line. I don't think that's in there. I think over a 20-game sample, like, the performances is kind of baked in there. Like, They they are who they are. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think they beat (laughs) Davidson because they're a good team. Are they a frustrating team? Yes. Are they a fun-to-watch team? No. But – Okay, I'm just going to say, let's not, before we make this an anti roadie take, I think we should be uh, cognizant of. Let me check their ATS. You go on. I'd, I'd like to acknowledge that the game before they shot 83% against Davidson, they were 12 for 29, 41% from the free throw line. That That's is so time. bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So let's put the roadie team aside. Let's continue. Virginia Tech hosting Virginia. Um, headed to what I consider to be a house of horrors for most ACC teams um, as, a, as a Duke fan here, watching teams go into that. Dimly lit castle of a venue. It it is weird. Um, Whether you like it or you hate it, it is odd. Jim Virginia has been good away from home this season. Um, And they're playing red hot right now. I mean, both teams are for that matter. But I think Virginia has been, has caught my eye more because I think how they're playing is more sustainable where Virginia Tech is just making every shot they take. So I don't know. Clash at two teams that are red hot. What are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, that's the scary part. The Hokies just don't miss. So uh, I was leaning towards Virginia and the under here, but it's scary. If Virginia Tech shoots 50% from three again, as they have consistently been doing, then you're going to lose probably both of those bets. Uh, I, at some point, they have to regress down. And Matt, Virginia only four and five against the spread on the road this year. So not as as good as maybe hmm. we would okay. expect. Um, but they're starting to get in that tournament picture a little bit. The win over Duke got them on the radar. This one's always close. I, I feel like these two games, always yeah. these, these Virginia, Virginia tech rivalry games come down to a buzzer beater of some sort. So I can't lay five or four and a half in a, in a, a low total game rivalry game, lean, lean towards the who's big uh, discrepancy offense, defense here for Virginia tech, best offense in the ACC 14th in defense. And you mentioned scorching hot. They're 42% from three in league Boy, play. Hate that for the under Kai. <laughs> yeah. That's good against the pack line. They can shoot. Obviously Virginia on the other end, they need to score inside the arc. They have the lowest three point attempt rate in the conference. I don't think Virginia tech's bad inside the arc defensively. They've had terrible shooting luck on defense. We talk about their offense having, you know, a strong trend, their defense, Matt 14th and three point percentage and free throw percentage. That. It's maybe do for some aggression as well. Variance Virginia won monster. Ooh. Yeah. Virginia won the first game. I, I kind of think the Hokies punch back here, but as Jim said, 
over two possessions and a spread for these two teams is a little bit yep, scary. I, agree. I guess two it, possessions technically four and a half. Interestingly, here. looking at the margins of these games, I thought it was like close every time, but uh, last game was two, then 14, mm-hmm. then three, then Virginia won by 26 in 2020. There you go. Uh, and before that was mm-hmm. six, 22, one, 26. It just seems kind of alternate. So maybe yeah. this one's the blowout. Uh, the, the game that kind of jumped into my mind as a comparison uh, from the weekend was Chattanooga Furman, where you look at the spread, you look at how the game's going to play out, and we like both teams. Feels like it plays close to a pick them when in doubt, take the points. I think that's how you approach this matchup here. Uh, but again, I wouldn't take it at four and a half. I, I think I need five to back Virginia, uh, especially with how well's Fatek shooting it. My God, they haven't missed a shot in weeks. Yep. All right. Next on the outline, we are going, I guess, Midwest, Western part of the country, Creighton, Omaha, hosting Georgetown, Jim, a team that consistently stinks. collapses down the stretch yeah let's just stinks. however i mean i like to say things in a nicer more politically correct way but yeah they they, they stink um yeah yeah if you, if you won't them. say it i will that team yeah bad. bad and they've been like weirdly competitive throughout certain times of games but then when it comes down to it they usually fold uh always a disastrous outcome for backers i think it's creating your bust here for me yeah same i i don't i don't know why you'd want to try to get in front of this georgetown run of non-cover loss terrible performance Right. You know you're giving up like a 15-0 run every single game you're backing Georgetown. That is really unexciting, unappealing. Uh, it's going to be a bigger number, of course, considering they're back home. But Creighton was easily able to cover at Georgetown just a couple of days ago. That maybe the revenge factor is something, but I, I just kind of think Georgetown has quit. And if, they, if things start going poorly every game, I feel like they're like, well, here we go again, whatever, and and they just kind of fade out of contention. So, yeah, Creighton or nothing. Agreed. They, uh, yeah, they, I thought they were more competitive against the spread. They're not, they're three and eight and one in conference play against the spread. They've lost 12 straight. They're 0 and 12 in the big East. They're worse than Nepal. It's, it's getting bad over there. The last game did go over and it played 71 possessions. I think it goes over again in this game. The Hoyas play zero defense. There is no Arthur Kaluma, maybe still for Creighton. It didn't matter last game. They still scored 86 points without issue. Georgetown sad. I agree, Matt. Why back them? Creighton or nothing. I like the over as well in the total lead. Yeah. Creighton shot 56 or sorry, excuse me, 56% inside the arc. Georgetown is 43%. I think that's the most repeatable stat of this. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. You go. Right. I mean, I, I love Kaluma, but I mean, he's boasting an 86 offensive rating and I don't think it's any secret that they played better offensively without him. Now I know that was against Georgetown last game. That's certainly playing a big part of that, but this Creighton team, while not super deep is more than capable of, of uh, replenishing his production. Uh, on offense, especially I, just in general, from a spot perspective, I don't see Creighton, a younger team, demolishing Georgetown twice in a row. Maybe Georgetown's just that bad, but uh, yeah, that'd be my be concern complacent. if you win the points. Just complacent, yeah. right? Coming That's back cross country. Um, yeah, if that current spread is sitting at 10 and a half right now after opening at 11, a little bit of money on the over too. So it seems to, it seems, looks like some people are shorting both defenses, especially Georgetown and for good reason. All right, last game on the outline. What is that? So action Texas Southern versus Southern Johnny Jones versus Sean Woods. It doesn't get any better than this folks. Um, Southern's been awesome all season. I mean, these two teams in general were who we pegged at the top of the swag totem pole along with Prairie U coming in. Uh, unsurprisingly, that's where they reside currently. Kai, what are you looking at here? Texas Southern laying three to the Jaguars in Houston. Any edge here? Well, Southern won the first game by 13. Texas Southern scored 0.75 points per possession, seven for 17 from the free throw line. 
not great. Also 25 turnovers. And that's probably the most concerning thing here. Southern is the best defensive turnover rate uh, in the league. They have the best defense turnover rate in Texas Southern. Um, they don't handle the ball too great. One of the, one of the lowest turnover rates in, in the country, excuse me, highest turnover rates in the country. Texas Southern's defense though is awesome, Jim, super athletic, super big. I think they punch back at home here. Uh, minus three is right where I'd have it. These teams are pretty much equal to me. Yeah. I think Texas Southern will take a little better care of the ball at home. If you take a little better care of the ball, you get more shots up, which means yep. offensive rebounds where they will thoroughly dominate this matchup mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. potentially getting to the free throw line. Southern has the highest foul rate in the entire 49%. Every other possession is a foul. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, if you're not turning the ball over, you will get to go to the free throw line. So I think Texas Southern will dominate the paint and get a little bit of revenge here. I didn't actually bet this one, but that was just kind of gut looking at this. Wow, I, I think this is Texas Southern's game. Yeah, that's where I am too, Jim. It's hard to make a bet based on a matchup here because there's just so much volatility in how both teams play. Like it's all about Texas Southern's possession tug of war is the offensive glass. Southern's possession tug of war is turnovers. And both are just like highly erratic, um, dependent on a lot of chance and variance. And so it's just not a a type of game I want to get involved in from the side perspective. But God does tell me it's Texas Southern's game, especially here at home. Uh, nothing else there. Let's go to chat mob round two. Pretty hefty right. slate here on Monday. So I assume we have a decent amount of questions. Yeah, through. not too many. It's not crazy. Uh, make sure to hit that like button, folks. Uh, let's, let's rack them up. I think we did get over 100 on Saturday. So well done, everybody. <sighs> let's get at least 65 today. That's what I'd like to see. Fair. Uh, all right. We got to go extra board to start here, Matt. So you're, you're going to have to step up. <laughs> That's fine. I'm ready. Most of the questions are actually from the extra board. Uh, two pack from Ryan Abramowitz. First, Lafayette at Colgate, Matthias. Do you see the Raiders continuing to dominate that conference? Yeah, I do. I, I've watched Lafayette uh, twice now in the last two weeks. I thought Perry would give them a boost, and he doesn't look like the same. He's got like that brace on his knee, and I think without him, um, they're just like a way worse version of Colgate, where it's a lot of shooters running intricate offense, and they have one creator. The problem is that Colgate's creator is way better. That's Nelly Cummings. Yep, both teams have big, big white boys in the paint. Yeah, they, they kind of negate each other. Uh, <laughs> throwing some weight around there. Uh, Colgate's nine and three against the spread in league play. Sort of like that. Uh, Kai now to the bottom of that league American at Holy cross Man, American, American has been sucks pretty dire lately. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. I actually lean towards Holy cross, which is so do I, I, I hate laying something. points with them, but so do man, I. American has been that bad. Connor Nelson is still out. I think he matters. Yeah. Holy cross is the William and Mary of the Patriots. Patriot. Like they're yeah. better than okay. their horrid analytic ranking presents itself, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Kai, we're head to head on a question from James Lill. That is Howard at Maryland Eastern Shore. I'm on the home dog. I hate betting home dogs recently. I've not been doing well at it, so I can't can't totally recommend that. And you're on the the best team or the better team, the favorite. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a huge reason here, Jim. I thought the line was a little short. Travel is not much. DC to Baltimore or is Eastern Shore in Baltimore? Yes, uh, it's it's on the, it's in uh, Princess Prince, Anne, I believe. Princess okay. Anne, it's basically Baltimore, I think. Yeah, I, I I prefer betting on Howard because they can shoot like fire flames. Uh, they're they're a really good shooting team, but okay. I I have no in depth smart analysis in this game, Jim. Just yeah. leaned Howard. I like Howard Eastern Shores. Four, Eastern Shores, okay. a dog was awesome in non conference play, yeah. but it hasn't played up as well in league play. Uh, just for context, Howard is right ahead of Northern Kentucky. Oregon State, among other notable schools in Ken Palm. Like, team's pretty good, so. That is surprising. Oregon State. Oregon State also is terrible, so let's not give too much credit for that, but yeah. still. 
Uh, I'm trying to find Eastern Shore on team rankings, and I don't know what their abbreviation is, so I, I can't. I hate team rankings. Fix your uh, nomenclature. Like, what what are half these? Uh, <laughs> the I know. It. I can't find any school. <laughs> Search Shore. It's not there. It's not under Shore. <laughs> it's not under Shore, stunningly. Okay. Uh, it's like right. Maryland abbreviator or something stupid. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Matt, from Andrew Carr, his Blue Hens, Delaware. They're hosting James Madison. Uh, Kai mentioned James Madison got a key piece back last game. Are you on Delaware or JMU? No, I like JMU. Yeah, Falden came back and played 23 minutes for the Dukes on James Madison's side, but Dylan Painter did return for Delaware. Only 10 minutes up front. Um, Andrew Carr's been playing a lot better without him. However, I think Painter's pretty key uh, to that offense. I think he gives a little bit of inside-out balance, and obviously when you have a former Villanova recruit, top 100 kid playing Delaware, it's going to be a good thing. Still, I like James Madison, Kai. I'm not buying into like a bounce back for the Dukes, but I think they'll be competitive in this matchup. Well, I, I'm just answering Jim's. It's Maryland ES. Yeah, on team. finally found it. <laughs> One of the best ATS teams in the country, but just four and three in conference. So they have fallen down since. Princess Gain is four hours from Baltimore. What? Yeah, oh, I love the geography lessons. It's fantastic. Howard is only one, six and one against the spread in conference. Ooh. Both teams oh. struggling. Oh, it's one, the... seven and one. Kai, Gurr. Let's push. Let's push yeah. four. All right, fine. Uh, all right. Uh, one from uh, Jules videos. Kai, J. Wells vids. Bucknell at Lehigh. He's asking about Bucknell. I, I was actually very angry with Bucknell because I think they have not covered their last two. They gave up a 15-2 run late against that terrible American team we just discussed, but they've covered three before that. So they actually have not been that bad. Uh, what do you think here? And I'm mad at Lehigh, Jim, because Lehigh lost straight up to Lafayette uh, they, and they never really had a chance. And I, I don't know. Five seems like a little bit too many. Probably lean Bucknell. Really sad. These two teams used to be the dominant forces in the Patriot and they have just been nothing the last few years. Mike yeah. Muscala. Yeah. Times have changed. They certainly are. Matt, in the MAC, Niagara is headed to Marist. Uh, what, what, what do you have here? Marist, I believe this is the first time these two have played, one of the rare first matchups at this point in February. Well, Marist is not playing Mammoth, so from just that angle right there, you have a chance <laughs> when you're fading Marist. And I did over the weekend with Canisius. Canisius should have won that game. Um, I like Niagara here. I really do. Uh, you're getting Marist off two lanes, Niagara off that lost at Fairfield, lost by 20 um, continue to beat this drum. Betting road teams in the MWAC is um, all other things equal. Pretty good strategy. So I would lean Niagara. Very fair. Kai from Ryan and UMBC at New Hampshire. New Hampshire got the big Guada daddy back last daddy. game. That certainly helped. Do you think that gets them the win today? I hope so. I, I like him at two and a half here. Although UMBC is a team where I can't get them right on or fading them. They're just kind of Jekyll and Hyde. New Hampshire should be able to cover two and a half. I think they're better full strength. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Two from the extra board. I'll take one from Pat Taylor here, uh, South Carolina state at Morgan state. I was on Morgan state in the first meeting and honestly, it was kind of a lucky win. They went to overtime. Morgan state was 15 of 32 from deep. Hard to expect that from a MEAC squad. Uh, so they won on the road. The first game, I kind of think South Carolina state who has been a lot more competent this year under uh, Madlock. I think they get them back. And then last one, Matthew, Norfolk State headed to Delaware State. Someone asked if this is a trap game, only minus 14. But is Delaware State just that bad that you should auto-fade them with the best team in the league? No, I think you should. Um, there aren't many auto-fade teams in college basketball right now, but I think IUPUI, as we've already um, made fun of them, sorry, Jaguars, and Delaware State's in that group for me. There's really only two, <sighs> I think, with the Norfolk State team that I love 
or like the squad, I, I would fade it. I would agree with you, but after eight straight non-covers, Delaware State's five and two against the spread last seven games. Hate them. I know that because I've been fading them a little bit. And I, yeah, the auto fade has been engaged. Hasn't worked out. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, I stopped fading against him. Howard. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, spreads they're not out. any good. They're not any good. They're not good. No. Right. Harry mentioned Fairfield Canisius. We're hitting that in best bets in just a second. Uh, apologies to G Martinez. I miss Cleveland State. I don't believe we've talked about that. Hmm. They've taken a little money on the road at Fort Wayne, and I agree with it. I think yep. Cleveland State is better. The only my only concern is they just played IUPUI and now you're playing like a real basketball team. It might be like, whoa, these, these guys are moving fast. Holy, holy cow. But I still think basically only have to win. I like Cleveland State. This is their third time playing this year. Kind of a weird scheduling quirk as well. The Mastodons. The, the horizon what, what, is weird. Some teams weird. are playing like 21 league games. Some are playing 17. It makes no sense. Okay, so when you guys had intel on that, I, I don't know why. I apologize, bad research by me. But yeah, third time playing this year. And the Mastodons did play Cleveland competitive both times in Cleveland. So I'll take that for what's worth. All righty, uh, let's get to best bets. Mine's already revealed. I'll recap it at the end. But Matt, hit Harry R with your, your best bet from the Fairfield Canisius game. Yep, taking Canisius, going back to my bet Mac road teams. Uh, one of these situations where we have a team that's going to be uh, a Buffalo team, Canisius and Buffalo in the New York area, played over the weekend, travels basically negligible. And Canisius has been extremely feisty. I, I know their record looks pretty horrid on paper. Uh, you also look at Malik Green, who's supposed to be the best player coming in this season. His minutes have basically uh, eroded. But the core that that's playing has been competitive in like every single game they've played. So I think this is a game where um, they have a chance to actually win this outright and they're going to go all in for it if they can get it. So I think six is way too many should be close for like three in my opinion. So take the golden Griffins on the road against the stags road, road Bye. Mac teams. He loves road them. Mac teams, baby. A uh, reminder. My bet was right. Eastern Illinois. Awesome. P under one twenty one and a half, sixty to 55. Awesome. P wins. That that's, sounds, that's, sounds like a dream. Kai. It's that. not a guess. That's what's going to happen. Nice. Water uh, Kai, boy, do you have any yeah, yeah. bonus, uh, any insight on Tulsa UCF? No, I have no insight in this game. Both teams are very frustrating to back. Seven and a half feels high number. just to gut. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but man, Tulsa's been Tulsa's been bad away from home too. Bad way so, from home. So yeah, I'm I'm staying all the way away from that game. Uh, final reminder, my best bet was St. Louis and St. Bonaventure under 136 and a half. Hopefully 11 straight will go under between these two because we're currently on that 10 streak. Uh, all right. That is it for today. We will be back again tomorrow. Same time. Maddie Naples will be maybe debuting some new decor decor down some there. More Naples. Paradise decor would probably be appropriate. Yeah. Not that's, the bland stairwell in the background. Yep. That's the plan. Uh, quick plug for the fielding the 68. That's coming at six o'clock Eastern. I'll be hosting that with Jonathan Warner and Rocco Miller talking through the bracket. So if you're into the bracket side of things, meet us there. We'll see you then. Uh, but yeah. Enjoy tonight. Thank you to Bet Rivers. Thank you to Field 68. We'll be back in tomorrow. Good luck on Monday.